Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. How are we doing? Are we blessed of the Lord? Praise God. It's good to be in Jesus, isn't it? Woohoo! Glory. When I was growing up, uh, you only went to church once a week, and even that was extreme. And uh, now we get to come multiple times a week, and I just really enjoy it. It just helps us to keep our focus on Him, stay under the sound of His voice, and that helps me. If it's helping me, it's, it's helping you. Amen. Well, uh, let's get into our uh, notes tonight. You should have, I think, four additional pages to get us into our next installment of prayer room counseling. Tonight we're going to be talking about ministering the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's when things get fun. (laughs) I mean, uh, it's fun to lead people to the Lord, obviously, but the baptism is pretty special. So let's go ahead and open our hearts and let's just believe for utterance. Uh, Let's believe for ears that hear. Father, we thank you for this evening and this opportunity we have to hear your voice from the Word of God. Lord, right now we choose to be attentive listeners that will not allow anything to distract us, to pull us away from what you are saying. And Lord, we'll not take anything for granted tonight. Even though we've heard a scripture before, we're going to keep looking at it so we can continue to extract more and more revelation by the help of the Holy Spirit. We claim that we have eyes, spiritual eyes that see, hearts that hear, and we declare we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord and His ways. We, we claim it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So get those four additional pages. We should be on page 18 together. And... Uh, with the help of the Holy One, we'll get through this tonight, and uh, we'll be good to go. Amen. You know, this subject matter, the, the, the infilling, the baptismal, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is probably the most misunderstood subject in the Bible. Oh my goodness, misunderstood. And, and any time that that's the case... It's because we don't have a real broad uh, amount of Christendom that's being taught from Scripture concerning that subject. So a lot who are saying things about something, they're not enlightened really to speak and to voice their opinion because they don't know what the Word says. But tonight we're talking about the Holy Spirit. It can also be called the Holy Ghost. It's the same divine person. Remember, God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they are all three divine people of the Godhead, persons, eternal spirits. Amen? And so here, there are two primary uh, ministries of the Holy Spirit. Or could we say there's two reasons, two main reasons that God has given us the Holy Spirit. Number one is being born of the Spirit being born of the Spirit. This is receiving the Holy Spirit on the inside, the Holy Spirit 
within. We also call it receiving Jesus as our Savior. Did, did you hear what I said? Being born of the Spirit is to receive Jesus into our heart. Look what he says over here in John 3, verse 5. He said that unless a man, and again, please don't get thrown off every time you hear man. Don't think gender. Think of a race, humanity, the race of humanity. He says, if any man, uh, except a man be born, and he's talking about a spiritual birth because he says of water and of the spirit, he says he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That would be your body. Your body is of the earth. And that which is born of the spirit, and understand this is the Holy Spirit, is spirit or spiritual. He says in verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee that you must be born again. Notice he says there in that sixth verse, born of the spirit. And so that is a spiritual birth that we receive when we invite Christ into our heart. He places the Holy Spirit in us. And when that person of the Holy Spirit comes in us, our spirit is reborn, recreated, resurrected, regenerated. Amen. And we become a species that never existed before. That is that spiritual birth of salvation. But you can also be filled with that same person, the Holy Spirit. And this is the Spirit coming upon us, or could I say, and better said, is that we become anointed of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> this is allowing Jesus to baptize us with the Holy Spirit, where we have an anointing that comes on us for acts of service. And I'll, I'll use uh, Jesus again here in Acts eleven fifteen. And as I began to speak, this is talking about Philip the evangelist. Well, I could be mistaken about that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm not sure who's speaking here, but he's ministering uh, the gospel. It says that the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. The beginning is the day of Pentecost. And then he remembered what the word of the Lord was, or what Jesus had said. How that he said, John, this would be John the baptizer, indeed baptized us in natural water, but you, Jesus, he will baptize us with what? The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. So there are two primary works or ministry that God has given the Holy Spirit uh, to fulfill in our lives. Number one, that we would be born again, that we'd be born of the Spirit. And understand that being born of the Spirit is to have what the Bible calls a well of water inside of us that springs up within us to help us to develop character, right? to develop love, which will then cause us to develop the fruit of the Spirit, those nine individual fruit of the Spirit there in Galatians 5.22. But then, once we've been born again, once we've been born of the Spirit, we can also be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's for acts of service. He said that rivers would flow out of us. 
You see, we've already been born again, but we can help others by allowing the Holy Spirit that has come upon us to flow from us with an anointing, with an empowerment to help others. Hallelujah. So I wanted to mention some Holy Spirit truths. I know you guys don't need to hear this. However, you're going to have people that you're going to be ministering to that may need to hear some things. Because, like I said, this is a misunderstood subject matter. And there's a lot of information out there that just isn't true. Now, notice this first truth. Every individual must be born of the Spirit in order to enter into God's spiritual kingdom. Hallelujah. And understand that being born of the Spirit, receiving Christ as our Savior, to be born again, is the only requirement for a believer to be filled with the Spirit. I'll never forget years ago, we were ministering to a lady that had been religiously taught, and we told her about being filled with the Holy Spirit because she obviously had been born again. And she says, well, you know, I'm just not mature enough I'm not spiritual enough to receive that gift. See, she thought it was something that was given just to mature believers. And we explained to her, no, it's for every believer. And we'll see why here in just a little bit. So that's the only criteria, that's the only requirement for one to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you're, you may have to explain this to those that you're about to minister the Holy Spirit to. Number three... No one can be filled with the Spirit without being born of the Spirit. Now, that's, that's very important. Because someone may respond to be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet they're not born again. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to find that out before you minister the Holy Spirit to them. Now, look at this. Everyone that's born of the Spirit, they've received Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will go to heaven even though they may not be filled with the Spirit. There's a lot of people out there teaching that, that if you don't receive the fullness of the Spirit, if you're not both born again and filled with the Spirit, you're not going to go to heaven. That is unscriptural. Hallelujah. Amen? Jesus already explained that in John chapter 3, which we already read. Now get this. Here's another one, and I've, I've, I've dealt with this a lot through the years. No believer, I said, no believer is filled with the Spirit unless there is an evidence, something that is manifest in the scene realm, in terms of speaking with other tongues. I don't know how many times I had believers come up to me and say, I'm filled with the Spirit, yet they did not have the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Therefore, according to the Scripture, they were not. Now remember, that's not me telling you that. That's the Bible telling us that. Amen? That's not some kind of a, a doctrine that we've created. And we'll see that, okay? But I, I'm just 
telling you that these are maybe some of the questions that you're going to get when you're ministering to someone that hasn't been taught like you've been taught from Scripture. Amen. Now let's go on over to Acts chapter 19 and verse 6, and this is going to be one of those scriptures that will identify that when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, they're going to speak in a language they didn't learn. Now understand this term tongues is simply, think of this word tongues as a heavenly language. In America, primarily, we speak the language of English. When we're in France, they primarily speak the language of French. In Germany, German, right? And, and on and on and on. Well, in God's kingdom, in heaven, of which we're now a citizen of, they have a heavenly language. And God saw fit that we'd be able to speak in that heavenly language while we were down here on earth. So when we talk about the evidence of speaking in other tongues, we're talking about speaking in an audible voice the language of heaven. And that's very important because when you speak that language of heaven to God, he's the recipient of what we're speaking. Only he understands what we're saying. Not the devil, not the guy next to you, and not your mind. The Bible says that the man who speaks in a heavenly language, that the mind is unfruitful or does not understand, and that's by a design of God. It's a direct line to God that nothing of this earth can interrupt it or interfere it or misinterpret it. Hallelujah. So it says here in verse 6 that Paul, the Apostle Paul, he laid his hands on them. I believe it was six individuals. And the person of the Holy Ghost, remember this term Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit are the same person. This word spirit comes from the same Greek word, but some translators said spirit and some translators said ghost. Hallelujah. They're, they're both the same person. It says that when he laid his hands on them, ministering the Holy Spirit, that's what you'll be doing, it says that the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, came on them. How do we know? Because they spake or spoke with tongues. They spoke in a heavenly language. And so that's the evidence that they were filled. And there's a, there's a consistency all through the New Testament that those who were filled with the Holy Spirit exhibited that evidence. Hallelujah. And that's why we're just very confident that that is the case. Now, there are different names ascribed to this infilling, this baptismal, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's all the same experience, and I want you to see that. One term that the Bible uses, and we're not going to exhaust all the different ways that this experience is expressed, but here's three of them. One term the Bible uses is this experience is called the baptism. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. All right? It says in Acts 1.5, this is Jesus speaking. Again, we already quoted this. We'll say it again. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with what? The Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And so this is before 
he ascended on high and, and gave them that gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And these were those who were already born again. Amen. We have evidence there in John uh, that they had received the Spirit and were born again. Another term of this same experience is filled with the Spirit. We got baptized, now we got filled. In Acts 2, 4 says, And they were all what? Filled with who? The Holy Ghost. How do we know? Because they began to speak in a heavenly language. That's what other tongues are. It's called other because it's not of this earth. It's a heavenly language or tongue. And how were they able to do that? Because the Holy Spirit that came upon them gave them the utterance. This experience is also called the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Now, you understand that you're not going to have to explain all this. But I want you to have a, a broad enough teaching from the Word of God that uh, there are some people have, have come to me and say, well, I can't see this in the Bible very often. Well, it's because there's, it's mentioned in different terms with the same experience, and it's all over the New Testament. Hallelujah. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Here we're in Acts 2.38. Here's Peter preaching on that day of Pentecost. And he said unto them, and these were those who were in the streets. Remember, they were in that upper room. They were filled to overflowing. They received the Holy Ghost and fire. We won't get into that baptism yet. But they received the anointing upon them and they all went out into the streets and they were speaking in a heavenly language and those listening were hearing the preaching in what they were saying in other tongues in their own language so that just tells you it's a supernatural occurrence he says to them repent be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus for the remission of the sins so he's saying for them to be baptized in water right making a public confession of their faith in Jesus Christ and so now we're going to hear another experience and you shall receive what the gift of the Holy Spirit a completely different experience they were first to be born of the Spirit through water baptism, when I say through water baptism, it wasn't the act of baptism that saved them, but while they were being baptized in water, they confessed the lordship of Jesus. Yes. Amen. And received that new birth, and then they were qualified to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, as this above scripture says, everyone who is born again can and should be. Did you hear that? Everyone who's been born again can and should be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Notice that right there in verse 38, it was almost within the same moment that they were born of the Spirit and were filled with the Spirit. I've heard testimonies of people confessing the lordship of Jesus through water baptism and came up out of the water speaking in other tongues. Because the only requirement is that you must be born again. Hallelujah. 
And so that is a wonderful and a beautiful thing. Glory to God. Now, we get this a lot, that they hear about this gift of the Holy Spirit. They, they know they're already on their way to heaven. And they say, well, do I have to be filled with the Spirit? Well, no, you don't have to be saved either if you don't want to, right? But if God gave us a gift, and he did, don't you think that he has a reason to give it to us? Now, we may not know what that reason is at that point of receiving it, but sometimes we just have to trust that God knows best. Just trust him that he knows best. Well, do I have to forgive? No, you don't have to forgive anyone. But you know it's better that we do. Hallelujah. That way we can be forgiven. So understand that don't look at it that way. Look at it as a gift from God. So it's got to be good. Right? And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. But he's going to give it to you anyway because he loves you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And just in terms of a, uh, an advertisement for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I, I think apart from the Word of God, that being filled with the Holy Spirit and being faithful to God, the infilling of the Spirit has been the second most important event and experience that I have received. Jesus said that you shall receive power to be a witness. Power, heavenly power to be a witness. He didn't say that about the new birth. But he did say it about this infilling, this baptism, this receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so be between, number one, allowing the Word of God to continually have an inflow into my life and continually praying in this heavenly language for these years, these many years that I've been saved, it's kept me strong to continue to follow Jesus. Amen? So I would, re I would recommend those two things to anybody. Hallelujah. Now look over here. I said that every believer can and should receive this experience. But you, as a, a, a minister, you've got to realize that they have to be qualified to receive this gift. Now, when I say it in those terms, you, you're thinking that, you know, they, they have to earn it. I'm just saying you've got to be assured and have evidence that they're born again. I've tried to get an individual filled with the Holy Spirit that was not saved. It got a little awkward. I don't want to go into that story because I don't want you to hear that experience. But that's back in the days when I didn't know any better. And I'm still working on knowing better. Amen? And so be conscious of that. Because you can look at 10 people 
and your mind will assess that person and you'll consider some oh they got to be saved and you look at others and you go there's no way that they're saved i'll never forget uh when my wife was uh with child our first child and at that time i was still working in a stone quarry i was working for neil sprague and how many of you know that if you're in a stone quarry you're going to get dirty and you're not going to wear your best clothes if you didn't know that i'm telling you that's the way it is and so my wife had a doctor's appointment it was actually dr stewart we were at that time attending bethel temple in longmont and uh, dr stewart was her pediatrician and so she had a afternoon appointment and she wanted me to be there and so i showed up directly from the quarry i must have been working the lion's pit and just came from lions up into longmont and uh, was in the uh, in the office and dr stewart was telling us about what childbirth was going to be like and he was really trying to help us and then for whatever re reason i had to leave the room uh, to do something i don't know maybe i had to go tinky winkies i don't know but anyway i left and dr stewart looked leaned over to my wife and because i came in like a, you know pig pen this dust bowl coming in i've been working outside you know stone dust all over me grease you know from working on the equipment and you know i i would look pretty rough and back then i didn't shave very much and so i was all fuzzy and i think my hair was getting long again and anyway and i was saved at this time and i left and dr stewart leaned over and said is your husband born again you can't always tell a book by its cover amen so don't take anything for granted when someone comes in, especially if they can articulate a lot of uh, scriptures. And so you have to learn how to identify someone, whether they've been born again or not. And don't ask a question that gives them the answer. Are you born again? Oh, yeah. See, that term has been thrown around. I mean, I see it in TV shows. I see it in movies. So the world knows that term. And anybody can say it. Yeah, I'm born again. But you got to get them to the place through a question here and a question there. And, and you know, are, are you on your way to heaven? Oh, yeah. How do you know? Tell me how you know. And nine out of ten people that aren't saved will say, well, because I'm a good person. And so you just identified them. They, they're identifying salvation with works. And it's not by works, lest any man should boast. Amen? So I'm just... This is a disclaimer here about ministering salvation, or excuse me, ministering the Holy Ghost. You got to make sure they're saved. All right. Now check this out. Acts 19. We'll go back to the, this event, this testimony that Paul had. 19.1 in Acts. It says that it came to pass that while Apollos, and that's another minister that had an outstanding ministry in that day. He was at the city of Corinth, and at that same time, Paul passed through 
the upper coast and came to a city called Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, what do he call them? Disciples. That's his first impression. What is a disciple? Well, in Bible terms, it's someone who's following Jesus with the assumption that they're born again. And he asked them a question. Now, notice that Paul, just like Jesus, asked a lot of questions. Because you can't locate anyone without it. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Or have you received the baptism of the Spirit since you believed? Have you been filled with the Spirit since you've been believed? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit since you believed? Isn't it interesting that he put an emphasis on that, and that was his first question? If it wasn't important, why would he ask it first? And they said unto him, see, this is how he located them, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Bingo, he's, 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 he's zeroing in who these disciples are and where they're at in terms of their relationship with the Lord. He, keeps it, he asks another question. What then were you baptized? They answered, well, unto John's baptism. Now that's John the baptized, right? So they were baptized by John. Well, that was the baptism of repentance. That was a baptism to make people aware of their need for Jesus Christ and their and awareness of their sin condition. It wasn't a baptism to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. So what does that tell Paul? They weren't saved. You could get baptized with John's baptism, you know, a thousand times and still not be on your way to heaven. See, that was the prelude to being baptized in the name of Jesus. So Paul, he says, well, we better take care of that then, because I'm going to give back to this Holy Ghost and his baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people what, that, should, that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were what? Baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this was the receiving of Jesus. This was the being born of the Spirit. So right now they've been saved. Right? And understand that the early church practiced that. When they were leading someone to the Lord, they said, well, let's go find water. Water baptism had a different emphasis in the early church as it does in today's church. Today, water baptism is kind of a ceremony. It's kind of a ritual. You want to be baptized? I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know. Back then, they said, if you want to be saved, we got to go find water. And this water baptism is going to give you the opportunity to confess Jesus as your Savior. And when you do, that's when you're going under the water. 
So there would be a, a natural experience to substantiate the spiritual. That's why we baptize them in the name of Jesus, in the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and down you go. And being buried under the water is to signify that you were identifying with Christ who took your sin to hell, and then through resurrection you came up to newness of life. So here we are in verse 5, and these six individuals were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then look at verse 6. How much time do you think passed between verse 5 and verse 6? A minute, maybe? Because it says, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul laid his hands on them, this person of the Holy Ghost came on them, and what did they do? They spoke with tongues. You see, they didn't have time to earn it. They didn't have time to get mature. Immediately, you're you are ready to receive. You have been qualified the moment you get saved to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I would also like to point out that one of the reasons that being baptized with the Holy Spirit is important because it's the doorway to the gifts of the Spirit. Notice in this sixth verse that they not only spoke with tongues, but they operated in one of the nine gifts of the Spirit and prophesied. By the Holy Ghost. And that's significant because it's showing us that that's the doorway to the gifts of the Spirit. So if you're hungry for the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit, then you need to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Now, being filled, as we said, is a gift. Acts 2.38. We read this before. It said be baptized in water like these six just were, and you will be forgiven. You will receive the remission of sins. You see that? Verse 38. Let me say it again. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized in water, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what? The remission of sins, the removal of sins. That's being born of the Spirit. And you shall receive what? The gift so this is a gift. Verse 39 says, This is a promise that has been given unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Now, so salvation is receiving the gift of Jesus. Being filled with the Spirit is receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now go to Luke eleven thirteen. We're on page twenty now. I'm hoping to get all the way down through this tonight. It tells us again that this is a gift. It says that if you, being natural, know how to give good gifts 
unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to who? Give, give the gift of the Holy Spirit to. Who's, who, who, is, who is able to receive the gift that God has given of the Holy Spirit? It says you have to ask. So this is something that you receive on purpose. And this is a very good scripture to show your candidate that number one, it begins to prove to them that because God is a loving heavenly father, he's going to give you a good gift. And all you have to do is ask. You don't have to lead, you know, a hundred old ladies across the road, right? You don't have to do this or do that. No, you just have to ask. Ask and you shall receive. Amen. So, the baptism in the Holy Ghost is received by faith. That's the asking. And also coupled with the laying on of hands. Now, we already saw that with the Apostle Paul. Let's find some other locations that people were ministered to through the laying on of hands. And look here in Acts 8.14. Acts 8.14. And when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, this is the Jerusalem church, they heard that in the city of Samaria that those people from that city received the word of God. So receiving the word of God is to receive Jesus. This is the being born of the Spirit. So when that happened, they sent, they sent unto them Peter and John. So this is fascinating to me. I, I trust it will be to you as well. But here is Peter and John ministering in another city, Jerusalem. And then they get word that the people of Samaria got born again. Well, their, their way of thinking and the way that we should think is that now that they've been born again, they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So then they sent a messenger to Jerusalem to tell Peter and John to come to Samaria. And verse 15 says that when they were come down, when they traveled down to Samaria, they prayed for them. Who'd they pray for? Those that received Jesus. For what purpose? That they might receive the Holy Ghost or the baptism of the Holy Ghost. For as yet, he, the Holy Spirit, has fallen upon none of them. Only were they baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus. So how did Peter and John minister the baptism? Verse 17. Then laid they their hands on them. Then laid they, Peter and John, their hands on those that just received Jesus. And they did what? They received. 
Did you get that? They receive. Now, I like to visualize things in a natural standpoint to help me understand the spiritual side of things. But I look at the laying on of hands, whether I'm ministering someone to receive healing or if I'm ministering to someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I consider the laying on of hands like jumper cables. You've all had a car that had a, a dead battery. And so someone comes up and they say, well, I got a pair of jumper cables. Do you want to jump? Right? And the connecting of those jumper cables took the power from the battery that was full over to the battery that wasn't. And got that battery filled to the place where it was able to get started. And so understand that you can expect power to flow out of you when you lay hands on them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the bulk of the time, the, the majority of the time, that you will not feel anything. Because what's flowing through you is spiritual. And many times when it flows through you, your body will not feel it. So you have, to re you have to lay hands on these individuals, these candidates, in faith as much as they have to receive what they're receiving by faith. Amen. It's the same when you're ministering healing. You've got to believe the anointing is going in them to heal them as much as they have to believe they're receiving that healing anointing. Amen. It's a two-way street. You're not going to lay hands on them going, well, I hope this works. I wonder if this is going to work this time. Well, maybe you didn't come to the counseling room prayed up <laughs> and filled with the word, right? I can't have a car that has a dead battery come up and jump and start another car that has a dead battery. I'm talking to myself now, right? We got to be full. <laughs> And we got to be in faith. Now, there's another thing that we need to learn about the laying on of hands. Laying on of hands is a point of contact to start believing something. Many times you'll hear me ministering to the sick, and I'll say, when I lay hands on you, you got to believe the power of God's coming in you to heal your body. When you feel the touch of my hand, you need to start believing you're receiving healing. Why? It's a point of contact. Oral Roberts used to tell people, he says, I want you out there that are watching us by the television. As I begin to pray this prayer, I want you to touch your television set and believe something. Well, guess what? That was a point of contact to release their faith. And the television didn't heal them. Their faith, believing they were receiving healing, healed them. Does that make sense? And so, just like you, the giver, 
As soon as you touch them, you got to believe that the Holy Ghost is coming upon them. And they, too, at that point of contact, have to believe they're receiving the Holy Spirit. Too many people pray just to see if something will happen. And if we're not in faith, the chances are very slim that anything will happen. Prayer alone, without faith, cannot receive from God. It's a real misconception in the body of Christ. If I can just get enough people to pray, you know, this person will get this or this person will get that. That's not, that's not Bible. You got to believe something. Prayer is just an avenue to release what you believe. Hallelujah. So we have to do it by faith. And we've got to get them in a position of faith. And so when you show them this, uh, this 13th verse in, in Luke 11, hey, we're going to ask, and the moment I put my hands on you, God the Father is giving you the Holy Spirit. You've got to believe that. And then in verse 17 of, of Acts 8, they laid their hands on them, and what happened? They received the Holy Ghost. Amen. We saw that in Acts 19.6. When Paul laid his hands on them, what happened? The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with other tongues. Now, there's two primary steps to getting someone filled. Number one, you've got to get them to a place of believing. Right? Because this, this gift is received by faith. Well, all the blessings of God are received by faith. And they, they may not understand what faith is. So in the simplest terms, just get them to say, well, can you believe that when I put my hands on you, the Holy Spirit will come on you? And you're referencing a scripture, right? And they're either going to say yes or no. If they say no, then you've got to get give them more time in the word of God to get to the place that they do believe that. You know, that's like trying to push water through a garden hose from a hose bib that's got a, a spray handle on it, and you can give it as much pressure as you want, but if you don't release that spray handle and let the flow go, there's no, no water going to be flowing, Right? And that's and, and you, the same is is that there won't be a flow coming to you coming through you to them if they're not receiving. And sometimes you'll sense that when you minister to people. Sometimes you can sense that there's a flow, and then there's other times it's like you lay hands on them and you're just touching like the doorknob of a, a door, you're just just like touching something natural and nothing happens. So that's our responsibility to get them to that place that they're believing. We'll do our part. We've got to help them to do theirs. So you've got to get them in a position of faith. And the second thing is that you have to yield to the Holy Spirit. People are filled when they respond to the Spirit that's coming on them. 
they have to begin yielding and, and speaking. All right? Now, let's get to infilling facts. We've already said this a couple of times, and every believer can be filled. Let me say that again. Every believer can be filled with the Spirit. That's the will of the Lord. See, in order for them to have faith, they have to know what the will of the Lord is in terms of receiving this gift. And you've got to show them that it's God's will. Just look at this, Acts chapter 2, in the fourth verse. It says that they were all filled. It doesn't say that, you know, just the ones God liked were filled, or only the ministers got filled, or only the spiritually mature got filled. No, it says they were all filled with what? The Holy Ghost. And so you have to see that it's God's will for them to be filled. And they will be filled. You've got to talk positive to them. Amen. Gee, I sure hope you get filled. <laughs> no, you're going to be filled. I tell people when I get ready to minister to them, I said every time that we've ministered to the Holy Spirit to those that desired it and yielded to him, they were filled. We don't have one case that they weren't. And that's true. Because when we do what God says for us to do, it always works because he confirms his word with signs following. Number two, the Holy Spirit is going to use your breath and your vocal cords to speak. A lot of times people think that being filled with the Holy Spirit is they get hands laid on them, they go... They open their mouth, and they think their mouth is like this speaker. And all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Spirit's talking out of your body. Well, no, he uses our breath. He uses our vocal cords to speak. You'll notice that when someone prays in tongues, you'll, you'll recognize their voice. Well, that's because God is giving the ability to our tongue to speak words that we haven't learned. It's supernatural, and it's awesome. So the Holy Spirit uses our breath and our vocal cords. Notice in that verse 4, it says that the, those that had hands laid on them, they began to speak. It didn't say the Holy Spirit began to speak. No, the believers began to speak. And if they hadn't began to speak, they wouldn't have spoke. Can I say that again? If they don't begin to speak, they won't speak in tongues. You, you got to start forming words. And certainly stop speaking words in a known tongue, in our case, in English. Just trust him to give you words. Again, Acts 19, 6, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke. Who's they? The believer. Not the Holy Spirit spoke. No. The believers spoke. Number three, the Holy Spirit that one is, is who gives us the ability to speak in a heavenly language. Look here. It says in this same verse four, we got all three of these ingredients from the same verse. It says that the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now that word utterance 
uh, is a little blind to us. The, the real translation, the translation from Greek into English is articulation. He gives us articulation to speak. So I like to say articulation is a, an ability. So we can read this verse up here this way. We can say the Spirit gave them ability. Ability to do what? Speak. I looked it up in the Christian Standard Bible. Let's read Acts 2.4. I think this really says it in a way that we can get our brain around it. And they were all, how many of them? All filled with who? The Holy Ghost. How do we know? They began to speak different languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability for speech. Amen. Notice it's the Holy Spirit that's giving us a heavenly ability to form words from heaven that we were never taught. See, this completely bypasses our mind. Completely bypasses our mind. And that's the only hindrance to receiving is to get out of our mind and receive with our heart. Now, I wrote it out in the Amplified, which is pretty cool, too. Look at this event in verse 4 from the Amped Up version. They were all filled, that is, diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the ability to speak. It's an ability. Now, I don't like to share experiences, and you've got to be very careful as a minister ministering the Holy Spirit to someone that if you cite your experience of receiving this baptism of the Holy Spirit, then they'll, they'll just look for that to be filled. Like people will say, well, I felt this warm glow come on over me, and this happened, and I felt this, and I did that, and da-da-da-da, then they'll just wait for that to happen. Because now they're in this sense realm. you gotta, you got to be careful not to do that. Tell them what the Bible says. So it's a, it's a faith and then a yieldedness. A yieldedness is when you begin to start by faith speaking words. And sometimes you, you, it may begin with just a word. I mean, what was it like when you were beginning to learn to speak English? I mean, the first day that you tried to form words, you didn't say, hey, Mom, I can speak now in English. How are you doing? I, oh, I, I, I talked in baby talk for a long time, but now I can speak. No, usually it was dada. Because apparently putting our tongue to the top, the roof of our mouth is the easiest for a baby. 
because they really want to say mommy. <laughs> but using your lips to speak is a lot harder than sticking your tongue up here and saying that, that, <laughs> that, that. But mom, mom is a lot harder. You know, I received I, re, I received a physical manifestation. And it lasted for about eight hours. It was spectacular. It was like someone had took a fist and just shoved their fist in a sock. And that sock was my tongue. And the tongue got really fat. I for eight hours. No one else that I've ever talked to had that same experience. Maybe there's others out there, I don't know. But if I share that to get someone filled, they won't yield until the tongue got done to them. I'm going to lay my hands on you. And the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. So when I put my hands on you, start believing you're being filled. And he's going to give you words. Amen. Just just begin just begin to speak. Yes. Just just begin to speak. Just begin to voice him. Well, I don't know what to say. Don't 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 worry. He's giving you ability. Just act. Just respond. Just yield. This is my my wife has uh, a gift to fill people with the Holy Spirit. I, I didn't get to this, but why did they send for John and Peter? Why didn't the ministers in Samaria do it? After all, they got them saved. See, the early church began to recognize people had certain success in certain areas, and they would let them minister in those areas. I remember Brother Hagen saying back in the days of healing that they would notice that certain ministers in this voice of healing got certain results in certain areas that almost every time they laid hands on someone for that condition, that person got healed. And so when they gathered together and someone came up with a condition, they'd go, hey, this one's yours. Because that person had more success in that area and they had that person pray. But my wife will, will lay hands on people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there are times that he will give her a tongue, just a word or two, that's already on them to speak. And then they just mimic it, and it just starts to flow. Amen. It's awesome. So if she's with me, she's going to minister to someone for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because she has more success and anointing in that area. But you and I are going to do it by faith. And faith always works. Faith always works. It looks like we're not going to get all the way through this. Way to go, Bruce. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, talk about the tail end of this next time. We're going to do the, the fifth and final class uh, next Sunday night, and that's going to be ministering uh, healing for the body. And uh, it's so awesome.
that this is one of those areas that the Lord wants every believer to practice. Because he said that these signs shall follow them that believe. Well, shame on you. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. This is every believer, that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Every one of us can see success in that area of ministry. So we'll, uh, we'll finish this baptism next time and uh, it's, it's going to be good. And uh, we'll get closer, closer to all of us being ready to minister the, the baptism. Father, I know that this is a subject that, well, man has, has muddied up the water on. There's been many extremes and many things that have happened that, that were out of the, the, the boundaries of what you intended and that which we can see from Scripture. But Lord, I know it's your will. Lord, I know it's your will for each one of us not simply to be born of the Spirit, but to be filled with the Spirit. You so much want to anoint us, empower us, so that we can demonstrate the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us all to desire, not simply being filled, but staying filled. For there's a vast difference between having been and staying full. Because, Father, that's what you have intended. That's what we see in the early church. There was many fillings and refillings. And then Paul admonished us in Ephesians 5, you know, to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. So that there's a continual influx of a heavenly substance that comes upon our being and empowers us to do works of heaven upon the earth. 